Thanks for tuning in to Faith Online. Our prayer is that you are blessed by this message. So kind of explain, some of you may know me a bit more, some of you only know me from church. Um, but my name is Buffy, I am not from Wales, as you can probably tell. I am from England, in a little town called Chertsey, and sorry. <laughs> I'm married to him, and he's booing me already. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I grew up in a Christian home. Um, I don't know if there's a picture of my family. I don't know if there is. There is a picture of my family. There he is. That's us at our wedding day. Um, I come from a slightly larger family than normal. There's six of us all together. So it's my, my parents at the bottom, my sister to the right, my elder brother, who's slightly younger but extremely tall, to the left, and then my, my youngest brother, called Seth, on the end. Um, so I gave my life to Jesus when I was about five or six years old at a Christian youth camp called Stoney. It was a New Frontiers youth camp. I don't know if a few of you are aware of Stoney or have heard of Stoney yet. I think I was in the high fives the little kids club when I gave my life to Jesus and there was just something in that meeting that initially yes that kind of started a, a 20 year relationship with Jesus and um, after that when I was about 13 I got baptised so some of you who are who are thinking about getting baptised you're never too young to get baptised you're never too old to get baptised um, so I was 13 when I got baptised and after that I went to um, well after school I did UCCs and A-levels. I studied music at the University of Chichester in West Sussex, which was fantastic. I uh, majored in classical flute. I haven't actually used my degree for anything since <laughs> But it was a really good experience for me. Um, after that, I decided to do an internship at Agrippa's Church, which is in Surrey, which if you were here last week, Stuart Postick was actually uh, from Agrippa's Surrey, so I know him quite well. But um, that's where I met Jordan. It was a year of just serving the church. It was a year of volunteering, learning new skills, learning to push yourself, increase your capacity in so many different areas. It was a great year. After that, I then got offered a job working as the administrator and health and safety officer for Agrippa's Church. Amazing title, not an amazing job. It's quite difficult. If you know being an admin, you know that administration is quite a tough area to be in, especially within church as well. So I did that for about a year and a half and then Jordan and I got engaged and then we got married in May 2017. So we nearly been married for two years, so that's quite exciting, it feels a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> don't know if that's a good thing, I don't know if the, the honeymoon period has worn off probably after the first month of being married. And I currently work in a finance servicing company in the financial crimes department and on the side I do some flower arranging too. So it's a little bit of an overview about me, uh, I have embellished that quite a lot. However, that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you about this morning, is that we can embellish things in our lives where it doesn't need to be complicated. So if you look at my testimony that I've just shared, the key things from that is well, I met Jesus when I was five or six years old. I got baptised when I was 13, and I've been in a relationship with him for 20 years. And that's kind of why, that's the key thing from that. That's an amazing, amazing testimony, just that I've had a relationship with Jesus for 20 years. I may only be 25 years old, but that doesn't mean that I'm not mature in my faith. That doesn't mean that God hasn't gifted me with things. It means that I've kept going and I kept pursuing Jesus, and Jesus has kept pursuing me for 20 years. And the thing that still amazes me even now is the fact that our creator of the universe wants to get to know us personally. It's not just a hi, how are you? It's that I want to get to know you for who you are. 
for who he's created us to be. He wants to know us for our core of who we are. And all we need to do is say yes. It's so simple. All we need to do is say yes. So I just want to talk about overcomplicated things. I don't know if it's like a British thing or an English thing or just a human thing. But I know that I tend to overcomplicate a lot of things. I make things much more difficult than they need to be because I talk to myself in my head, I think of scenarios and it makes it so much more worse than it is. But if you look at our regulations and legislations that we have in the UK and the government, there's so much stuff out there. There's like a, there's a regulation or a legislation for everything. For health and safety, there's so many things for trip and falling, for insurance, there's loads of stuff, but also for workplaces. But when it really comes down to it, all of that stuff is there just to ensure that people are treated fairly, that people are protected by their companies, that companies are protecting each other by not misselling stuff to each other. They're there for, to ensure safety for all of us. And about due diligence as well, to ensure that customers and consumers are treated fairly. But when you put that all in these pages and pages of legislation, they've got Schedule Paragraph 1, Schedule 5, it's subcategory C or whatever, and you go through them and it literally just comes down to Ikea manual. It's got like a little diagram of everything. 
It shows you where stuff goes, doesn't it? And it's pictures. It's not an explanation. Could you imagine what this would be like if it was just a description of something? Could you, can you imagine reading through that and thinking, Oh, I've got to attach a metre long board with another metre long board and then I have to plug in two little wooden pegs and get some two smaller, like 30 millimetre screws and plug them in here. You'll get frustrated even more so than you normally are. You wouldn't want to do it and all you're trying to do is make a wardrobe or make a drawer or something like that and you wouldn't have accomplished anything because you'll get much more frustrated than you need to be. But Jesus gave us instructions that were simple. He didn't make things complicated for us, like a manual, like legislations. He gave us really simple instructions, and yet we as humans fluff it up so much. We as humans bring in our humanity into it to make it much more difficult than it needs to be. Jesus didn't make it complicated or difficult for us to follow him. We do that ourselves. But Jesus puts it in so three really simple ways, and we're just going to look at those now. First one is follow me. So when Peter and um, or Simon and Andrew it was then, um, were fishing at the shore of Lake Galilee, and Jesus approaches them, and they're just throwing the nets in and out, in and out, in and out, in and out. And Jesus says, "Hang on a minute, follow me, and I'll make you a new kind of fisherman." That simple. He just says, "Follow me." Two words, two very simple words. Follow me, and they drop everything and follow him. The next thing is. Love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul. And that's in Mark 12, verse 28. Jesus has asked what the, simple, what the greatest commandment is. It is the highest simple. There's nothing added to it. It's just love the Lord with all your heart, mind, and soul. So simple, and yet so complicated for us. And then the third one is love your neighbors as you love yourself. Again, so simple. Five words. Do. What did you do? I know if I was there, I'd be like, oh gosh, what are you 
and all of a sudden, you've dropped too much, or something like that. But there must have been something in the way that Jesus said, follow me. There must have been something significant about those two words that he says, follow me. So, it could be the way that Jesus said it, follow me, scared them into it. It could have been a demand that they thought that they needed to do. It could have been something fancy like the stars all aligned at the opportune moment and their spirits resonated with what the words that Jesus was saying and they decided to follow him. Probably not. But the interesting thing here is that Simon and Andrew were known as Talmuds and I do have a definition of Don't we? Tell the Lord. 
that I love a lot of things. I love my car. I love my husband. I love my cat. I love food. I love my laptop. I love this church. There's so many things that I love. And yet, how can it just love one thing? And the second thing that he talks about is all, all your mind. How can you love something all your mind? I know that in my mind, I spend most of my time probably having a conversation with myself in my mind. And I know some of you do as well. They all got consciousness, don't they? And they all talk about stuff that's got a plan for when you get home, things that are going to cook, stuff to wear for the next day, a fitness regime, all of these kind of stuff. We talk to ourselves, don't we? But our minds also tell us things that we love too. Our minds resonate with stuff that we love in our heart and it comes out in our heads and that's how we feel it. And then the third thing that you look at is love your soul, all of your soul. How do you even know where your soul is? It's not a physical thing, is it? It's not physically, in my heart, it's my mind. Where does the soul sit in my body? But when you love something with all your heart, your mind and soul follow. And when you love something with all your soul, your heart and your mind follow. So when you love something with all your soul, it's not just a surface feeling. It's not just something that you can physically feel and touch. It's not something that just hits you here. It's something that hits you right in here. It goes so much more deeper than just, oh, I love my car. He's called Chef. He's lovely. He's only as old as me. Still going strong. But I love him. But I love Jesus. The different kind of love there. The different kind of love. But it goes back to when we first encountered Jesus, that love. It goes back to when we first said yes to Jesus. Why did you say yes to Jesus? What was it about that call to follow me that made you say yes? When you first encounter Jesus, your soul is open. Your heart and your mind are aligned together. And it's that meeting where Jesus comes in. He doesn't just come into your heart. He fills and floods your soul and your mind. And that's the experience that you feel. And it's like no other love. It's quite difficult to explain, actually, when you think about it. The love they have in your soul and heart. <laughs> but I'm sure like, a lot of you have heard of the phrase, you'll never forget your first when Dawn and I started dating, um, there was a point where we got in our relationship and we were like, oh yeah, I love you. Yeah, yeah, I love you too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it got a bit further into our relationship and I was a bit worried because I thought the love that I had for Jordan would take away from the love that I had for God. And I was a bit like, oh, I don't know, I don't know, I'm a bit tentative about this because I kind of love God first. Um, but it is harsh, but it's true. The love I have for God is so much stronger because it resonates in my soul. There's something about that love that's got so rooted in there that is stronger than the love that I have for things of this earth. So what is it about that first love that entices you in? What is it about that, that first feeling of love that you never forget? Well, the first time you fall in love, it's pure. It's the first time you experience intimacy with someone else. It's an innocent love. It exposes your insecurities, but it's trusted. Isn't the love that we have for God, the love that God has for us like that as well? It's pure, it's innocent. It exposes the insecurities. 
today are searching for that love, searching for that fulfillment, that innocence, that intimacy, the stuff that builds them up. But they don't feel uncomfortable about showing their insecurities. And they look in so many different places. And they get so lost looking for it as well. Don't they? They got lost in drugs, alcohol, bad relationships, pornography, all of that stuff. They get lost in it. But they never will be able to find it, not unless they experience the love that Jesus has for them. Not unless they come in this line with that call to follow me. me, um, why am I so happy and loving? It's just something, it's just me. It's a, it's a thing in my spirit. I'm always happy, I'm always lovely. But there are times that I'm not, and Jordan knows that, because he bears the problem. <laughs> but I am happy, and I am lovely. But the reason that it is, because I love God, and God has a love that is so overwhelming that he loves me, and I know it. And it's cheesy, it really is cheesy. But he does love me, and that makes me happy because I've got something to be joyful about. I've got something to be happy about. I like watching films. As you may tell, most of my references are films or TV programs. Um, who's seen Star Wars Rogue One? Yeah, you have. Grass seems a bit of a trim. 
actually here. Your heart isn't here. Your mind's not here. Something hasn't connected you to faith. It's so as well that we need to, to show love, to show that friendship, accountability and support. It's not just the unchurched, but we need to look after those who are in church as well. I challenge the welcome team to um, fearlessly love the new people that we get in church because there's something about fearlessly loving someone, despite what they look like, despite how they smell, what they wear, if they've got bad skin or whatever, that breaks down the boundaries and the stereotypes that our society has in place today. It's just something that tears those walls down. It's also paying for someone's shopping in the supermarket, inviting that new couple round for tea, inviting someone from work round and opening up your life to them. It's simply loving someone around you, isn't it? And what do you think could happen if you simply love someone like that? If all of us did this, if all of us went home and this week invited someone from work round and said, hey, come, I'd like to share my home with you. I'd like to open up my world to you. Looking back at Susan, we don't know what's going on in her life. She could be going through a divorce. That's a really hard divorce. And she just wants that contact with someone. So you saying hi to her opens her up to that contact. So she overcompensates and wants to talk to someone, but then goes a bit mad. Spends about 20 minutes doing tea. What if you invite her to tea and sat her down and said,
comes down to that relationship we have with him. So looking at those three things again, follow me. Accepting Jesus into our lives. Coming under that love, aligning ourselves to Jesus and experiencing that love for the first time. Love the Lord with all your heart, mind and soul. That yes experience. That overwhelming love that grasps us, that goes a lot deeper than something that's just a service to you. That first love that lasts, that relationship that lasts for years on Sunday. And loving your neighbours as yourself. That links so well to the previous two points. Because without the previous two points, you can't love your neighbours. Because Jesus has shown us how to love. He shows us that relationship and how to have community and fellowship with each other. We need to learn from him to have that community and that fellowship with others. But not just those who aren't in church, but those who are as well. I want to be a part of a family, a church family, that does that. That breaks down the stereotypes of today. That fearlessly loves radical disciples, shows radical discipleship, gives outrageously. Can you imagine what the church would be like? Could you imagine if all of us did that to someone we know at work, showing them that relationship, showing them that love that Jesus has for us? Because isn't that what faith is about? Doesn't Jesus call us to follow Him? us to love one another despite who, what they've done, what they've said. At the end of the day, we're all humans and we all annoy each other. We will. We're all made and wired completely differently. But Jesus asks us and shows us to look beyond them. Look at that person to their heart, to their soul. Some of you here this morning may be feeling a little not feeling like